what if this was easier is all about saying, wow, I am making this way too hard on myself right now. What can I do to enjoy the process, make it more fun? This kind of goes in hand in hand with number one, but how can I make this an easier process? And again, that normally means dropping the 80% tasks or stop working on them only and instead leaning into 20% tasks. Some days I only do one 20% task and some days it's something that takes me five minutes or less. What is up, sweet, beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast, where we talk about all things redefining perfectionism, productivity, how to be that beautiful high achiever you know and love, and actually enjoy the life you are working so hard for. I am your host, now and always, Nicole Baker. I am a life coach for high achieving perfectionists. And yes, if that is you, you are in the right place because man, oh man, today, we are talking about an episode that I've, I've always wanted to do. I just have never done it. And um, this morning I was at the gym and I just started thinking about, you know, all the questions that um, I think are really powerful that I ask myself on a, a regular basis. I'm not going to say daily, but definitely on a regular basis. And originally I was like, okay, let's do like five questions. You know, five questions feels pretty good. And I thought of five immediately. And then I thought of, you know, five more. So I was like, okay, well, shoot, maybe it'll be 10 questions. And then I thought of five more and then it was 15 questions. And then I was like, this is way too many. And some of them kind of overlap a little bit. So we made it down into 11. I compromised. I went over the 10. But why are questions important? Why are questions something that we should even be asking ourselves? Why do they matter? And the real answer is that questions are one of the most powerful shifters of focus in our brain. So if you're thinking, yeah, we're getting really neuroscience right off the bat, get ready. So if you think about, uh, if I asked you the question, what color is the sky? your brain is going to immediately go, okay, blue. Why are you asking this, Nicole? But you're going to answer the question first. If I asked you, what is your first name? What's the name of your first pet? Why do you think you're such a failure? Here's the deal. That last one, we're going through our days asking us questions on autopilot like that. Why are they so much better than me? Why um, does everyone hate me? Why can't I seem to get it right? Why am I not at that level yet? Why is life so unfair? We're asking all of these questions unconsciously. These are not us going around like, hmm, let me ask myself a really shitty question right now that's going to make me feel awful. We're of course not doing that, but our brain is programmed to ask us on regular occasions, especially if this is something we're used to, these questions that are leaning really negative. But since our brain is programmed to be that type A, wonderful, you know, straight A student, we're programmed to answer them right away, no matter the question. I'm going to say that again. Your brain is programmed to answer the questions you ask yourself right away, no matter the question. And when we ask ourselves a question, we're going to focus on the answer. And where our focus goes, our energy flows. It's a little question. That's a quote from Tony Robbins there. I like, for instance, like when I'm thinking about all these reasons why I'm not enough, if I'm asking myself the questions, why am I not there yet? Or why can't I seem to get this right? I'm going to focus on all the reasons why I'm not living up to it, why I'm not working hard enough. Oh boy, do I have so many answers to that one from my old hustle culture days. 
but I'm going to come up with all these answers that are really negative leaning. I'm going to focus on all the reasons why I'm not enough. And therefore my energy is going to come up to match it. I'm going to be really unmotivated. I'm going to feel like I just want to crawl under my covers and cry myself to sleep because I'm never going to be good enough, so on and so forth. But if it works in the negative, doesn't that mean it also works in the positive? And the answer is yes. Yes, it does. But we just have to be more intentional about it. So I've known about the power of questions basically my whole life. Like many of you know, I grew up attending seminars. I grew up listening to the audio tapes. I grew up walking the fires and climbing the poles and all this stuff. And something that's been a huge part of neuro-linguistic programming, which is primarily where my background is, is the power of questions, is that power of focus and how our body, our brain, our motivation, our ability to get creative and get ourselves out of tricky spots, how that all is wrapped up into one. So I've been really toying around with the power of questions for a long time. And like I mentioned, I asked myself apparently 15, I know there's more, so probably closer to 25 questions on a semi-regular basis, depending on the phase of life that I'm in, depending on what I'm working on, depending on a personal or professional goal. So this is just a list of 11 that I think would be the most beneficial for you all. I am not expecting you to suddenly ask all 11 in your every single day. That is all or nothing syndrome, friends, and we do not stand for it here. Instead, take one, two, maybe even three away that you're like, ooh, I could see my life benefiting from me asking myself this question. Because again, ask yourself the question, you're going to focus on the answer. And as a result, you're going to have your energy, you're going to have your energy meet that answer, meet that focus. And it's going to massively change how you approach life. I don't say that lightly. I, I really and truly mean that. So this is going to be a big one. Let's dive into question number one. This is question number one for a reason, by the way. How can I have fun with this? We take life so gosh darn seriously. We are always super hustle, super hardworking, like, oh my gosh, like, what if I just like, you know, meet my maximum output, push beyond it, man. And there's so much stress and pressure in those expectations that we put on ourselves. One of the things that I'm doing in my research right now around busyness, which by the way, If you have not heard, I have a masterclass coming up this Wednesday. It's happening tomorrow. If you're listening to this the day that it comes out on busyness, it is one of the best things I think I've ever created. I'm so excited and it's totally free. I love it. I love, 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 love it. But one of the things I'm doing in my research around busyness is learning what is the opposite of business? Is it slowing down? Is it stopping? And the answer is no, because for high achievers, especially slowing down or stopping is so uncomfortable. It is so alien to them. And actually that stress and the pressure that can come from slowing down and stopping, at least at first, eventually we get used to it, right? And it is a huge part of life because that's where, you know, we refuel, we relax, so on and so forth. But one of the biggest things that high achievers can do to kick that busyness addiction, which is what it really is, is starting to learn to have fun to add play into your day. It's it's a huge game changer because for busy people, high achievers, perfectionists, this is you. For busy people, we are so stressed. Stressed, excuse me, busyness is the high achievers word for stressed. 
If you ever have been having a conversation with someone and you're like, Hey, how you doing? And they're like, Oh my God, I'm so busy. It drives me crazy. I hate that phrase. It makes me so mad. So instead learning, how can I have fun with this has changed the way I approach big goals. Cause for a lot of the time I want to, you know, be at the end result of a goal as fast as possible. That's my, again, my old hustle culture. When I'm allowing myself to have fun with it, not only do I achieve the gold fat, the goal faster without even realizing it like every time, but I also let go. I trust the process a lot more. And also I have more fun along the way, which makes me feel more fulfilled along the way. So often we go after goals because we just want to like check a box, check a box. And that is never a way to feel fulfilled ever, ever, ever. So having fun with it is always huge. And I always come up with different answers. Sometimes it's literally like, how can I have fun with this? Nicole, just fucking take yourself less seriously. Sometimes it is literally that easy. Sometimes it's, how can I have fun with this? Maybe I put on some fun music. Maybe I I have a standing desk. Maybe I put on some fun music and I kind of dance around while I'm also practicing this. Maybe I just lean into the fact that I know I have this in me and I don't have to squeeze every morsel out of me as humanly possible. So how can I have fun with this has been a game changer. Number two, if I was required to think out of the box to achieve this goal, what would I do? I'm going to say this one again. If I was required to think out of the box in order to achieve this goal, what would I do? This gets the shoulds out of your vocabulary. So often, and I was actually just having a conversation with a new business owner like yesterday, and they were mentioning how they felt like they should be posting on social media. They should be posting in Facebook groups. They should be doing all this, 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 and this. And it was relying on the shoulds of what a lot of, a lot of Instagram and online business coaches are saying. You should just be posting everywhere. That is, I, I'm sorry. I disagree with that entirely. I think that is the dumbest strategy because you're letting an algorithm determine whether or not your clients or your ideal clients are seeing your business. And we should never rely on an algorithm stepping off my high horse. But as a result, what if I was required to think outside the box in order to achieve this goal? I bet you anything, you would not be posting your daylights out of social media wondering, when is it going to happen to me? When am I going to go viral and my entire life is going to change? It doesn't fucking happen like that. So instead, if I was required to think outside the box, I'm going to do things differently. So actually this, this girl and I were chatting and it, I was like, uh, she works with, uh, kids on like helping them, you know, uh, like overcome those busy schedules, helping them overcome like that really like, you know, stressed out mentality. And I was like, what if you go to PTA meetings? What if you go to parent teacher conferences? What if you go to where the people are who would hire you go to them directly don't freaking rely on an algorithm. Go to them directly. Are there any conferences? Go there and network. Are there any Facebook groups of them? Do not post on there. DM people. Like get your stuff in front of their face. And by the way, don't DM them with a pitch. Don't DM them saying, "Hi, I'd like to invite you to my program. It's this paid thing." Da 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 da. DM them with a gift. DM them with something that is that is above and beyond what they could expect from you. Like I, I'm a huge believer in my 30-minute discovery calls. And not because they have been what sold out my, my, my coaching program for the past three years straight. Not because of that reason. But because on those calls, 
I don't worry about selling you. I never sell people. In fact, I give you so much fucking value on those calls that at the end, I'm like, do you want to hear more? If you do, it's there. If not, no worries. Send you on your merry way. And by doing that alone, it has changed how people interact with me. It has changed how people view me and my services because I'm not here for a number. I'm here for service. I'm here to help people. And that would never have, never have come if I did the things the way you should do. There's so many people who are like, here's my sales script. You should use it. Here's a free sales script. And that has just never worked for me. It's never been the way that I've done things. So by me thinking outside the box, I've attracted clients beyond my wildest dreams because I just gave and gave and gave. By the way, that's not giving from an empty cup. I refill myself every freaking day. It is a must for me. It is to the point where I'm so overflowing that I am pouring out into other people. But again, that never would have happened if I did things the way that I should, quote unquote, do. I always do things outside the box. And that is how I achieve goals way faster because a lot of people are too afraid to get outside the box because it's normally way outside their comfort zone. Who we're getting feisty. By the way, if you want to hop on one of those free discovery calls with me, go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash discovery call. Nice and easy. We love it. Number three, is this actually important? Is this actually urgent? Is this needed? Does this move the needle forward for me? What is the most direct path? That was a lot of questions, Nicole. Wasn't this just number three? Yes, yes, it was. But here's what I mean by that. Is this something that I actually freaking need to do? Or is this something that just makes me feel busy and important? I'm going to say that again. Is this something that I actually need to do to move the needle forward for me? Or is this something that just makes me feel busy and important? Ooh, that hit us in the overachiever. So what I mean by this is um, if you've been in my space for a while, you probably know I'm a huge proponent believer of the 80-20 rule. For those of you who are like, what the heck is that? I'm going to do a crash course on it. By the way, if you want more information on it, come to the workshop tomorrow. We will be talking about it. I'll go ahead and tell you that is one of the things. So 80-20 is you have a hundred tasks that you could be doing at any given moment to go after a goal. We're going to make this super simple. You have a hundred percent, you have a hundred tasks that you could be doing to go after a goal. 80% of those tasks, 80 of those tasks are just busy work. They don't matter. They're not moving the needle forward. They're shoulds. They're posting on social media, relying on a flipping algorithm to get you clients or to get your customers in the door. That is an 80% task. It is the tasks that feel comfortable. It's the tasks that do not move the needle forward for you. They're the tasks that feel like you're just making a bit of progress, but there's 80 of them. Guess what? Doing 80 things in a day makes you feel exhausted. So on the flip side though, there's 20 tasks left over. These 20 tasks tend to launch you towards your goal. Launch you. Not, hmm, let me take a few steps. I'm talking about, whoa, I'm getting really out of my comfort zone as a result. I'm probably going to be facing the possibility of getting rejected. I'm probably going to face, you know, um, talking directly one-on-one with someone. When I was looking to get on more podcasts, 
This was a huge thing that I did. I realized I was leaning into the 80% tasks. I was posting on social media, hoping to grow my social media following. And then all the podcasters would come to me and ask me to be on their show. Dumb, 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 dumb. I was relying on a freaking algorithm and also time and going viral, which who the fuck knows when that was going to happen. I've done it a few times now. It's been fine. Nothing has happened as a result in my business that has massively changed because I went viral. It is a glamour metric. It is an 80% task. 20% tasks in this situation was researching podcasts that I want to be on, finding their email, and sending them a freaking email. Hey, my name's Nicole Baker. I do X, Y, and Z. I'd love to come on your show and talk about X, Y, and Z. I think it'd be a good fit because of this, this, and this reason. As a result, I'd love to give your um, uh, listeners a free you know, gift for having me on the show or discounted gift. Here you go. That got me on 52 podcasts in a year. Actually, I think it was more than that. I don't remember the exact t- total, but a lot. So what is actually important? What will actually move the needle forward for you? And by the way, if it doesn't freaking matter, if it is not something that moves the needle forward for you, you should not be filling your days with it, period. That's what makes us feel busy. That's what makes us end our days and be like, did I actually get anything done today? This has been a game changer. Number four, Related. Am I going after this with urgency or gratitude? Am I going after this with urgency or gratitude? Ooh, high achievers. I'm hitting you really hard today because so many of us go after our goals. By the way, it's goals, not goal, singular. It's goals, multiple. We're going after our goals with a massive amount of urgency. We want them to happen right now. And if we don't achieve a five-year goal in 48 hours, what the hell are we doing wrong? It's this constant stress. It's this constant not being able to live up to these high expectations you're putting on yourself. On the flip side, though, am I going after this goal with gratitude? What does that mean? Am I going after this goal with gratitude means that I'm having fun? I'm enjoying the process. I'm enjoying the little bit of growth, big or small, that I am doing every single day as a result by working on my 20% tasks. Thank you very much. Yes, these build on each other. We love it. Am I going after this goal with urgency or gratitude? Because sometimes I'll notice my you know, shoulders are up to my ears and I'm working on something and I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna... wait a second. Am I going after this goal with urgency because I feel like it needs to happen right away? Or am I going after this goal with gratitude? A sub question of this is why do I feel like this needs to happen right away? What if I just trusted the process and let go of my own timetable? I'm going to say those two again because who buddy, they changed the game. Why do I feel like this needs to happen right away? Sit with that for a second. Why do I feel like this needs to happen right away? Is it because I feel like I'm falling behind? Is it because I feel like I should be at this level? Why? Why do I feel like this needs to happen right away? And second one, what if I trusted the process and let go of my own timetable? There's a huge three words in that. What if I trusted the process? What if I trusted the process? My mom always would tell me, trust the dance. Trust the dance. This dance of life has a huge timetable that you don't have any freaking control over, no matter how hard you squeeze. You don't have any control over it. 
What if you trusted the process and let go of your own timetable? Goodness. Number five, what if this was easy? Now note, this is different from how can I make this fun? What if this was easy? How can I make this easier? So often we choose to go the hardest route because we have this, like, I have to try harder. If I end my days with any energy left over, then it was a failure. I used to believe that. God, I used to believe that so hard. Now it is so the opposite. I always aim to have energy left over. Does that mean I don't have those days where I'm like, okay, like I have energy left over. Oh my gosh, you know, I should be doing all these things that are really, really productive right now. And I'm like, wait a second. No, no. Having energy left over is the goal. Because if I'm at, you know, if I wake up, I'm at 100% energy and I use 80% of that energy and I have 20% left over, you know, I'll take some time that night, you know, do a little recharge, maybe get myself up to 40, 35, 40, and then I'll sleep and I'll get back to 100. But if I go all the way to zero, by the way, I probably go all the way to zero until the second my head hits the pillow, I recharge to 50, 60, because I probably had a shit night's sleep. I'll recharge to 50 or 60. And then the next day I'll go all the way to zero again, maybe even negative 10, so on and so forth. So what if this were easier? How can I make this easier? This kind of also goes with number three. What is my, am I working on an 80% task or a 20% task? Always, always, always. What if this was easier? Is me dropping the freaking 80s and only focusing on the 20s. Now you might be saying, but Nicole, isn't laundry Laundry, grocery shopping, isn't that a freaking 80% task? Yeah, but also, are you spending your entire day going grocery shopping or laundry? Probably not. Are there ways that you can automate it and make it easier? Sure, you can hire a laundry service. You can, you know, do grocery pickup. There's a lot of places that do that for free or super low cost. Personally, I like doing laundry. I like going grocery shopping. For for me, that's an 80% task that I enjoy doing. So why would I hand it off? I like doing it. I love going grocery shopping. I pop in a book. I go to Trader Joe's. I see what's new because there's always something new at Trader Joe's. It's awesome. I love it. What if this was easier is all about saying, wow, I am making this way too hard on myself right now. What can I do to enjoy the process, make it more fun. This kind of goes in hand in hand with number one, but how can I make this an easier process? And again, that normally means dropping the 80% tasks or stop working on them only and instead leaning into 20% tasks. Some days I only do one 20% task. And some days it's something that takes me five minutes or less. Some days a 20% task is um, filling out an application to be a speaker. Or when I was working on my TEDx Ted, TEDx, my TEDx talk um, applications, it was submitting a TEDx talk application. That was a 20% task. By the way, I now work for a TEDx um, uh, organization here and I'm now on like a selection committee for them. Like how freaking crazy is that full circle? It is wild. Maybe I'll do an episode on that later because it was really about trusting the process. Ooh, that was fun. Um, number six. Am I rushing for a valid reason or a made-up one? Am I rushing for a valid reason or a made-up one? A few seconds ago, we just tried, we just asked the question, why do I feel like this needs to happen right away? What if I trusted the process and let go of my own timetable? 
This is similar, but a little bit more in your face. And I like this one because it calls you on your bullshit. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. Am I rushing for a valid reason or a made up one? Normally, I am rushing for a made up reason. I need to rush so I can get ahead. I need to rush so I can hit this goal that will make me feel X, Y, or Z. You know, those goals that you're like, when I achieve X, then I'll be happy. When I achieve Y, then I'll finally have made it. I'm probably rushing so I can feel those feelings when in actuality, when I get there, I'm not going to feel that. It'll be a new goal. It'll be something new. I've, thank God, broken this pattern because it was exhausting and it never made me feel fulfilled. Not ever. So I love the, am I rushing for a valid reason or a made up one? Because here's the deal. My excuses will try for like 45 seconds to be like, this is valid, Nicole. This is valid because you want to be at this level. No, it's not valid because it's costing me my sanity. When rushing is costing me my sanity, it is never a valid reason ever. So am I rushing for a valid reason or a made up one? Number seven, does this insert decision align with my values? This is basically my, how do I say yes or no to this? Does this align with my values? So if someone comes up to me and they say, Hey, I have this thing. It's, you know, it's coming up. It means you have to work 48 hours in a row. It means you are, you know, um, exhausted by the end of it where, you know, um, we don't have any budget, but this is great exposure for you. You know, if someone does that and it's not aligned with my values, because my top three values are love, freedom, and growth, love, freedom, and growth. That does not align with my top three values. So it was a no, it's a no. Absolutely not. I will not do this. Thank you very much for asking, but move on to the next person. If it does align with my values or two out of the three, then absolutely. Even one out of the three. By the way, I do not have three blanket values for my entire life. Instead, I actually have three values for each category of my life. Some of them overlap. Like my personal and my business values tend to be actually the same thing because I you know, have a lot of overlap. I am a business owner that tends to bleed in a little bit. But for instance, Brett and I, one of the first things we did when we started planning our wedding was we sat down and we created three wedding values, play slash fun, connection, and love. Play, connection, love. Oh, and the fourth one was ease. Play, connection, love, ease. And that has made wedding pro the wedding process so easy. For instance, like we had a option to, you know, get our, we're getting a wedding um, guest book. It's not really a book. It's more of a poster um, that, you know, people could sign and make it all nice and pretty, whatever. And as a result, we had the option to either get a digital download where then we'd print it ourselves, you know, like get that all going or just have the, you know, person who made it do the printing and ship it to us for a little bit more. It'd be like $10, $12 more for us to do that versus print it here. And I was thinking, okay, you know, we could save that $12. It'd be great. I was kind of like, you know, Ooh, good. Like this is a way to make it harder on ourselves so we can save this money. It was from a really great place of contracting and like trying to stay in control. And Brett looks at me and he holds, holds my hand and he says, what is one of our wedding values? And I was like, fuck is ease. Wedding value is ease. And he goes, this is the easy way. Let's do that. By the way, we've also changed colors. We've 
said, absolutely shoot you the bird to the linens that we were looking at and said, like, these are easier. They're not the color that we wanted originally, but they work like it's way easier. Let's just do this. Like we have completely shifted around the things. And by the way, some linens didn't fucking matter to us. (laughs) Like no one gave a shit about linens between the two of us. So like that has made saying yes or no to things so easier. And this is not just with my wedding. I do this with my business all the time. I do it with my, you know, personal values a lot. Like, um, you know, there's some people who I don't really hang out with anymore from my past. And sometimes if I get a message from them saying like, Hey, like, let's hang out. Um, I'll ask myself, does this align with my values? And to be honest, the answer is no. And sometimes that means having an uncomfortable conversation, but it's worth it. We just got real. Number eight, why do I feel like this needs to be perfect? Or why do I feel like I need to be perfect? Ooh, this is like therapy and a question. Why do I feel like this needs to be perfect? Or why do I feel like I need to be perfect? So let's say this is an example. Um, I had two speaking gigs this week coming up in Boulder. One of them actually got canceled because we have a huge snowstorm outside. We, um, but we got just moved it to later. But um, one of the things that I was stressing out about on Monday was being perfect during these two speaking. I I have spoken. I I was a performer for 10 years. I've been speaking as a coach for now four years. I have done this so long. And yet I was like, oh my God, I need to be so perfect for these two things. Why? Why do I feel like I needed to be perfect? Because I was stressing out about, you know, squeezing every morsel out of this, making sure I said the right thing, quote unquote. And thank God I just happened to turn on a um, interview with Bernie Brown that morning that was like, what the fuck are you doing? Why do you feel like you need to be perfect with this? And the answer was, I don't need to be. I don't need to be perfect. For me, perfection is absolutely inachievable. It is never going to be happening because even if I am striving for perfection and I do a talk and it is 99% perfect, guess what I'm going to focus on? That 1% that wasn't. I'm going to always focus on that 1% that wasn't. I'm going to beat myself up for it. My motivation is going to plummet. I'm going to hold off on you know submitting for speaking gigs for a while. And that's not going to help anyone. It doesn't help my message get out there. It doesn't help myself as a business owner. It doesn't help myself on this path, on this mission that I have in life. So why do I feel like I need to be perfect? The answer is I don't. I don't need to be perfect. In fact, I need to go and back up. I need to let go and trust the process. I need to enjoy that moment. And if I say something funny, if I flub over my words, no one cares. I'm growing every single day. So why do I feel like I need to be perfect? Or why does this need to be perfect? Number nine. Oh my gosh, we're so close. Number nine. What would future insert your own name, but what would future Nicole believe about this or believe about herself? What would future Nicole believe about this or believe about herself? So if I'm up against one of my limiting beliefs, oh, those limiting beliefs. They think that coaches have dealt with all their limiting beliefs. They think that all these personal development gurus have dealt with all their limiting beliefs. And let me tell you, it's not like that. It is new level, new devil. There's always going to be limiting beliefs for you to overcome. And let me tell you, I have plenty of them. But so often when I'm up against them, you know, 
my survival brain will take over and I'll kind of freak out for a second. But when I come back to reality a little bit, when I turn back on, you know, normal Nicole, I'll be like, oh, what would future Nicole believe about this? So for me, um, this is all about using a visualization and I actually have it available to you guys. It's the Nicole signature visualization and journal prompt practice. I use that visualization, which is basically using your one year from now self as an anchor and absorbing their mindset and their belief system and what they think and believe about the day, about their um, abilities, about whatever. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's really, it, it's using a lot of neuroscience techniques. It's worked for like hell. I'm amazed at the, the things that have come out of that visualization from people. It is absolutely amazing. But one of the things that I do is I think about, okay, one year from now, Nicole, what would she believe about this? Or five years from now, Nicole, or even 10 years from now, Nicole, because I guarantee you, she's not going to give a flying F about a Canva graphic that you're spending all this time trying to make perfect. She's not going to care. So just finish it up in five minutes and move the frick on. So I love that because it just detaches yourself and the stress and the pressure that you're putting on yourself and instead adopts a new person's mindset. I love it. So what would future, insert your own name, believe about this or believe about his, her, or themselves? Number 10, is this worth me buying back my time? What does that mean? Is this worth me buying back my time? What this means is, is this worth me delegating? and throwing money at this problem so I can have my time and sanity back. There was a time long, long ago, there was a time when I was doing everything in the business on my own. I had to be, I was working three jobs. I was trying to, you know, get my business off the ground. To be honest, I didn't know how to run a business. I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. This is of course, before I started practicing productivity and how to use it to my advantage. And as a result, I was so burnt out. I was working 80 to hundred hour weeks. I can't believe, I cannot believe I used to do that. And by the way, that old Nicole that would literally sleep, like I would get home from closing down the bar at like 2 a.m. in Chicago. I'd wake up at 10 a.m. the next day. I, By the way, we're about to do an episode of Morning Routine. We're gonna talk about this a lot. I would wake up at 10 a.m. the next day with barely enough time to you know, get dressed before my next shift. And... I was trying to start a podcast. I was, you know, trying to start a business. And I did about a year where I was trying to do everything. And as a result, by me trying to just do everything in the business, I was capped out. I couldn't do anything to grow the business. I couldn't do anything to expand the business. I couldn't launch anything. I couldn't do anything that actually would help get that message out there. So I finally had to crack down and buy back some of my time. I hired an amazing podcast producer. Her name is Ariel. Say hi, Ariel. Hello. You're wonderful. I ended up hiring her. She's incredible. She has been the best financial investment I have ever made in my life. She's amazing. And I also have become dear friends with her. I feel so lucky. But is this worth me buying back my time? For that, the answer was yes. I just recently got back to the point where me buying back the time of me having to categorize my finances, oh my God, was it worth it? I have a financial team now. But of course I had to add these one at a time. There was a time where I had a social person. 
where buying back that time on social media was worth it. Now, not so much. I kind of changed around the values of that, but there was a time when that was definitely useful. And I guarantee you, there's some of you who are clinging onto tasks of your own, who are clinging onto things that you can do because you have the time. But sometimes it's worth buying back that time. And this is one that I still have to remind myself way more often than I would like. And number 11, let's round it out. Let's bring her home. What am I grateful for? This one feels different because the rest are very direct. They're very specific to a problem. Why do I need this to be perfect? What would future Nicole believe about this? This is worth me buying back my time. What am I grateful for is a daily practice. Remember earlier when we talked about, am I going after this with urgency or gratitude? When I am practicing gratitude every day, I'm a, I'm a different person. Not only do I enjoy the process way more, but I enjoy the growth of it because I know how far I've come. I know that every single day is a step forward. I know that I am a better partner when I'm focusing on what I'm grateful for because <laughs> because if I'm focusing on all the reasons why I'm not enough, guess what? That doesn't stop at me. I go to Brett and I say, what are all the reasons you're not enough? The way you put that dish in the dishwasher makes me furious and I'm not the partner I want to be. I'm focusing on all the reasons why he's not enough, quote unquote, and that's not fair. I don't like that. So by me focusing on what I am grateful for, and by the way, him and I have now made this a practice together. We call it appreciations. Every night we lie down in bed and we say five things we're grateful for. One thing we got done that day, not one thing we haven't got done that day. One thing we did do that day because him and I are both programmed to always look at the things that we didn't do. So one thing I did do that day and two dreams that we have for our life. And it's always in this era of, you know, one that's a closer one. So, you know, enjoying the crap out of our wedding day, feeling so present and so grateful. You know, that's a dream I have. I'm so excited. And then one that's maybe a little bit further out. I cannot wait until we have a beautiful at-home gym and a personal trainer for the two of us. I can't wait for that. That is the power of gratitude. And when we're in a state of gratitude, anxiety, stress, expectations do not exist. There's so much science behind this. I won't get into it right now, <clears throat> but it is huge. So if there's anything that you take away from this list, God, I hope it's this one. I hope it is. What am I grateful for? And by the way, this is not just me saying I'm grateful for my cat. I don't have a cat, but I'm, I'm grateful for, um, Brett, I'm grateful for a wedding. I'm. It's not that because that's just so surface. It's I am grateful for the way that Brett brings me coffee in the morning and then kisses me awake and says, good morning, beautiful. Oh, do you feel the difference? There's a huge difference. I'm grateful for the way that my dog licks my face in the morning and he just wants me to wake up because he's so excited to see me. Those are moments of gratitude, not things. There's a difference. 
Okay, sweet friends. Wow. That is the 11 questions that are so powerful and that can change your life. I will put these questions in the show notes so you have them. And here's what I want you to do. Going back to my little teaser at the beginning, choose just a few of these, three or less, that you want to focus on. You can journal on them. You can put them as a sticky note and put them on your desk. By the way, how can I have fun with this? Was a sticky note on my desk for a long time, or you can put it as an alarm on your smartphone. What wouldn't future Nicole think about this was an alarm on my smartphone. This is all about interrupting the pattern of those old shitty questions that we're asking ourselves that are lowering our energy. Cool. Cool. Let's round this out with some quick segments. How was I a perfectionist this week? I kind of teased this a little earlier, but Monday morning, I was stressed as fuck about these two speaking events because I was trying to be perfect. And as a result of me feeling stress and anxiety, I was clinging on to anything that I could feel control over. Like I was checking my email. I was looking at my to-do list for the week. I don't really have a to-do list. I was looking at my schedule for the week. I was looking at social media because why not add fuel to the fire? But I was doing all of these things that made me feel like I was so behind that made me feel like I was so stressed and I was never going to add up. And finally, thank God, I came back to earth and I was like, whoa, This is not how I want to spend my day. This is not how I want to spend a moment. I closed my computer. I turned my phone on, do not disturb. I went to the gym. I did a nice strength training. I did a nice stretching. It felt so good. And then I came back. Now, did I feel 100%? No, I did not feel 100% back to normal. I didn't feel like everything was hunky-dory and I kicked the perfectionist out of me. It took a while. It took about two to three more hours of me getting back into my flow of my day to get back to baseline zero. That's important because I hear so often these personal development gurus or these people in the space say, I just changed my mindset and I was back to normal. That's not how the shit works. It takes a minute. There is a cooling off period. And so often we get frustrated at the cooling off period because we're not up to the perfect standard that we want to be in that happy, perfect self. And we get frustrated and then we go back down into our spiral. That time is so important and you have to live in it. I love it. What is the goal that I accomplished this week, big or small? I noticed, and I was talking to my... um mastermind girls about this. I was saying like, I feel really stressed. I feel like this month, I just don't have a lot of free time. I feel like I'm really overbooked myself. The irony of me having a masterclass on how to create free time in this month has not been lost on me. It's actually been hilarious. And I needed my girls to look at me and say, Nicole, delete anything that is an 80% task, delete anything and everything that does not need to happen. After that call, I went through, I went through my calendar, I deleted everything. And guess what? Oh my God, so much free time. I had so much more free time. I was so stressed out because I kept smushing more things because I was stressed out. And I said, you know, I can do this. I can do more. I can do more. I can do more. And as a result, I thought I was going to lose my damn mind. So instead I went through and I cleared out everything that I could possibly, I moved things to next month that I could move. And oh my God my shoulders relaxed. Everything felt easier. And my goal for the month, my goal for always, which is to never be busy. I hate feeling busy. I love 
feeling like I'm moving the needle forward. I love being a high achiever. I love, you know, being someone who, who is creating and, 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 and constantly, you know, working towards her goals, but not from a place of busyness because busyness is a place of lack. I'm not enough because I am not working 24 seven, yada, yada, yada. I do not follow that anymore. So that was a really cool moment of me having those girls be like, Nicole, stab it. We all need people like that in our lives. Alrighty, my sweet, beautiful friends, you've heard enough from me today. Again, I will have all 10, 11, excuse me, 11 of these questions in the show notes, in addition to how to book that discovery call and that visualization that I had mentioned. I'm going to go throw, go ahead and throw a little bit of a discount on that visualization because I want everyone to get that. It is so important. So it'll be $7 in the show notes, which is half off. Normally it's 14. I want people to get this $7. It is a coffee, a coffee nowadays. It's Starbucks that you can use again and again and again and again and again to change your life, to rewire your brain. So you start thinking like that future version of yourself. That is probably one of the most powerful questions on this list. So again, the discovery call and the half off, um, signature visualization will both be in the show notes. But my sweet, beautiful friends, I love you. I adore you. Go kick butt with these questions and I will talk to you soon. Bye.